Curiously Polar with Chris Marquardt and Mario Aguarona. A wonderful good day to everyone. This is Curiously Polar. My name is Chris Marquardt and with me I have again Mario Aguarona. Hi Mario. Hi Chris, how are you doing? We have a topic today that um, I, I remember when we were in the Nordlicht, uh, you told us a few things that I think was just just stunning and interesting um, about marine mammal sex. This is uh, marine mammals are uh, pr pretty much your your expertise. So um, yeah, tell tell us about how do marine mammals multiply? Yeah, well, um, in different ways. I expected that, yeah. <laughs> In different ways, of course. Uh, first of all, we have to uh, uh, to distinguish between cetaceans and pinnipeds. T t give us and, a, an uh, overview again what so, those are. Yeah, well, we uh, and uh, we can uh, we can have the uh, we can divide marine mammals in, in cetaceans, so the whales and the dolphins, the ones that are more fish-like that never come up on land uh, unless they are pushed by a by a, an accident. Um, um, then we have the pinnipeds, so the seals and the sea lions and the fur seals and the walrus. And we even have uh, the uh, the other group, the Sirenians, which are the dugongs and the manatees, for example. And, uh, and the, the pinnipeds come on land and they do come on land for reproduction, uh, most of them anyway. And, uh, and the uh, manatees and the dugongs, the Cyrenians, they, um, they do not come on, on land uh, ever, if they can help it. Like in this case, uh, we have had, we just had the big hurricanes in, uh, in Florida, for example, and there have been beachings of, uh, of Cyrenians, of, of manatees, and that's, uh, that's not a, a normal situation. So, um, well, the, uh, the technicality of it is that uh, we have a, a different media in which uh, reproduction um, has to happen. And uh, it's not the same if you are on land or if you are uh, in the water. Um, the other um, big difference is that uh, most of the, uh, well, the pinnipeds are carnivores. And like uh, like most carnivores, uh, pinnipeds have a, a um, penis bone, a baculum. That um, is helpful. That is helpful, and this is what the dogs, for example, have, and uh, and and that makes the uh, reproduction uh, well. I wouldn't say easier, but uh, it makes them it makes it different uh, than than for the. Uh, Uh, for the cetaceans that have a, uh, they don't have a bone. They have a, a like uh, um, fibrous and uh, uh, fibrous penis uh, that is pushed by uh, hydraulic pressure, which like the same the as with humans cavernosa, do. Like like with humans, mm -hmm. like with primates. And um, so this is this is the. Uh, the uh, the big difference uh, there and uh, and with uh, with pinnipeds we have like um, for most of them we have uh, reproduction happening on land like uh, well reproduction we are talking about copulation so the uh, fertilization uh, uh, or the uh, delivery of the sperm uh, into the body of the female is happening on land 
um, I suppose that uh, a lot of the listeners might have watched the videos uh, from the uh, Southern Oceans with the Southern Elephant Seals. Uh, some might be even might have even seen the elephant seals up in the in the uh, west coast of the uh, North American continent, and um, you see the males actually uh, covering the females uh, on the beach. And, they, are, um, they are quite heavy. I mean, this is hard to yeah, imagine in, how this works. Yeah, in, in in this case, we have a big sexual dimorphism. So we have the males being way larger than the females, and the uh, the the whole uh, the whole situation is actually quite dangerous for females. Uh, the females that are actually the object of the attraction of the male, and um, and also for uh, other individuals, uh, small individuals that might be around, um, because uh, in the uh, ecstasy of uh, of the embrace, the uh, the male and the female there, especially the male, will not uh, take into consideration that there is anything else around and might squish them, like pops, for example. Going does around. that happen? Oh, that happens quite a lot. Yes. Okay. And um, so the uh, the male would, uh, in in the case of elephant seals, the male would uh, defend a territory, would uh, come early to in the season to the reproductive uh, area to the beach, um, and uh, it would uh, stake out a territory, fight other males for its own territory, and the females then would come and it would try to have as much as possible, as many as possible, as a harem um, around him and uh, and uh, copulate with as many as possible um how many uh well it really depends on the uh, on the on how lucky the guy is and or how how strong he is and the position in the beach and but are we, are we talking he, one to five or five uh, we're to talking 50? about in, in, in we're talking about in, in tens at okay. least mm, yeah and in the meantime of course while he's doing this business there might be some some youngsters some younger males that do not have uh, the power of uh, of staking out the, the territory that might also sneak in and while he's busy with one of the females they might be also uh, delivering their genetic uh, material over to some other females uh, because uh, the females would not uh, um, if they are in a harem they would not necessarily be uh, faithful to the to the uh, owner of the harem all right and this is this is uh, like uh, this uh, pinniped uh, mating system there are there are different sorts of mating system but uh, but we have reproduction like this in most pinnipeds walruses do reproduce in the water so the uh, the actual sexual act is in the water and um and like uh, because of the uh, um well the selective pressure pressure for uh, synchronizing the births for example in a in a rookery we have a um we have a uh, uh, in in many pediments what we call a delayed implantation. So uh, this is why I was a little bit hesitant about the uh, about the fertilization of the female because oh, the so copulation females, and fertilization can be at different times. Well, it's well, it's not it's not really. I mean, let's you know you have a the copulation. So the uh, the semen enters the body of the female. Then there is the we call it the fertilization of the of the of the ovum when the uh, when the sperm or a sperm enters the ovum and then the ovum that is then fertilized now has to uh, 
implant itself in the in the uterus walls and uh, and this uh, this process i mean in between the fertilization so with the with the sperm entering the ovum and the actual implantation of the fertilized uh, ovum in the uterus that can be a delayed of several months oh really yes depending on uh, how early uh, the uh, in the season, in the reproductive season, the, the female has been fertilized. And this is in order to, to um, synchronize the births. Ice seals, like the hooded seals or the, or the harp seals, are very dependent on being large numbers at the same time in, a, in, uh, in the same place. Um, and, uh, and of course, all the copulations do not happen at the same time, just exactly at the same time. Uh, the year, well, the year before. I mean, the uh, the uh, the gestation can go from from nine months over to or a year or a slightly over um, <clears throat> from from the copulation to the to the birth. And so, the delayed implantations allows us for synchronization of births, and that is quite a uh, quite an important thing for for a lot of pinnipeds. And um, but then we have um, the um, the cetaceans, and cetaceans have um, the um, that's the that's the whale and the dolphins. The whales and the dolphins they have um, a few challenges to uh, to overcome in order to reproduce and uh, and uh, the uh, well first thing is that they have a body that is very streamlined and evolution has pushed the uh, sexual organs to be for the large part of the time in retracted inside the body so cetaceans have uh, the testes well into the body so they don't have a scrotum um, most pinnipeds have a scrotum um, um, and uh, and even the penis is retracted into the body into a genital slit and um, and uh, in the, uh, this is because of the hydrodynamic uh, properties of the body of the of the uh, of a cetacean or a dolphin or a whale uh, so are much better if there are no extra appendages hanging the penis around. This would be in the way of uh, of proper swimming. Of proper swimming, yes. Um, another big uh, challenge is the fact that the copulation actually happens in the water, so there is no solid surface where. A female might be uh, lying onto, or there is no. If you if you push somebody in the water, if you're swimming with somebody in the water and you push them, they would they would move back. So you have to be, um, let's say, at least cooperative, or to have some help in order to make two bodies be close together in a in a copulation. Um, and and. Internal fertilization happens also in other in other marine uh, vertebrates. So in sharks, for example, you have the same kind of uh, of uh, internal uh, internal fertilization. So the male has these pterygopods that are like a couple of uh, modified um, fin rays that uh, uh, are acting in the analogous uh, way as a penis, and they have to. Uh, go into uh, uh, the body of the female in order to deliver the semen. Fish have it so much easier, right? Well, other fish have it so much easier because they just uh, they, they deliver. Just squirt the, 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 the semen over the semen over and the, it mixes over in the, the water, eggs, yes. right? Yes. 
So but, this, um, this sounds yeah, difficult. So, so, so the, uh, the challenge is the mechanical challenge of getting into the position and having penetration. Then there is also the challenge that uh, uh, seawater, salt water is not really friendly towards the semen. So the, there are, have to be some mechanisms of uh, making the, uh, the system watertight so that the water might not kill the semen or the ovum or the fertilized, uh, the fertilized ovum. And this is um, accomplished by a, a very um, precise anatomy of, of the male and the female so that the the uh, the tip of the penis is actually uh, of, a, of a male whale has uh, a uh, a very pointy and uh, slightly hooked uh, fashion so that you can actually deliver the semen right of the mouth of the uterus and uh, by making almost a watertight seal and um, the other um, another another challenge is that uh, that when um, when if a female doesn't cooperate, uh, then uh, there is no way that uh, the male can try can well, they can try, but they there is no way to um, to have a copulation. So this actually creates some interesting situations, like uh, in the social behavior of of whales, and uh, one of the uh, one of the very strange. Um, uh, or very strange, very peculiar ways of uh, of reproducing is um, the uh, way that uh, the uh, southern right whales do. Um, around Peninsula Valdez in Argentina, um, there are several lagoons that are quite relatively shallow, and they are well known for uh, being a place where you can observe uh, southern right whales. And uh, these whales are... Um, Mm, have been observed um, being subject or being the perpetrator of gang rapes. Really? Um, yes, and and this is um, this is actually um, this is actually quite quite interesting. I find um, the females um, of uh, of the species um, are not totally uh, willing to copulate with just about anybody. Uh, any other male of this of the species so what happens is that groups of males get together uh, side a female and they take turns uh, copulating with her um, this has pushed the females to try to find shelter in um, in shallow areas when they are not uh, totally willing to to copulate because this is the only way they can be uh, fending off the adversaries by physically having like lying on the bottom of the sea and 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 uh, and not being able to be moved around um but when they just move around a little bit like males would then uh take a hold of the female and help each other in keeping the female in place so that wow. by uh, in turn they can they can copulate and the other interesting part here is that this has been um, pushing the evolution of the testis of the males of the southern right whales or the right whales in general to extreme sizes we're talking about testes that are about a ton in size for a, a 40 to 60 tons whale 
and this is um, and this is because they have to um, in order to enhance the chances that the, the one individual's genes uh, are being passed on to the to the progeny, um, they have to um, resort to spermatic competition. It's not a question of who is stronger and keeping away fending off the others, because here the males are helping each other. So the uh, uh, the story is well, we help each other, but secretly more or less or like un unbeknownly of of each other then we try to produce as much semen as possible to wash out the semen of the previous competitors or the or to resist the washing out of the semen of from the from oh. the people from the animals that from the individuals that come after us wow and so this is uh this is uh, also uh, quite uh, quite an interesting <laughs> Quite an interesting One ton testicles, of, and those are inside the body, so they're they're not visible yes. on the outside, and and they make up a certain uh, sizable percentage of the body weight. Then, yeah, if you're talking about one sixth of the body weight, is wow. uh, it's uh, quite interesting. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> yes, and um, yeah. So so we have um, we have um, these these form of um, like these extremes of uh, of competition. Um, um, in um, in uh, certain dolphins, in in porpoises, we've even observed um, the uh, frequency of uh, homosexual behavior among males, mm -hmm. and uh, this has been um, observed uh, regularly. It is observed regularly from the Bay Bridge in San Francisco. Uh, really? Under which there are quite a lot of uh, of harbor porpoises. It's a very nice uh, place if you can go up and and walk uh, from the city end of the of the bridge, and um, and observe what's happening underneath. And uh, and uh, there are uh, harbor porpoises that um, that actually engage in uh, in homosexual behavior, like males uh, trying to copulate with with other males. Or what we interpret as being homosexual behavior, and uh, and harbor porpoises are very um, well endowed. So for a for a little animal that is at the most one and a half meter long, you have a, a penis that can reach uh, almost beyond the tip of the of the beak, uh, so longer than than the animal itself, and they copulate uh, while they are surfacing, so while they are almost jumping out of the water. So this is something that is happening in a split second, but uh, you see uh, these uh, males that are jostling with their long penis and trying to swim beside another individual. And if it is a female, of course, the copulation uh, can happen uh, uh, with uh, the result of a fertilization at times. And uh, if it is a male, then uh, there is uh, there are other consequences, of course, there. Interesting, yeah, very, very it's, interesting. It's it's very interesting, and and we know very little about what happens because, uh, in general, it's not an act that is uh, very uh, visible. Uh, it's happening something that's happening underwater in special periods of the year, in special areas, and and uh, whales, like uh, like most other uh, mammals, are relatively relatively secretive. Uh, and it probably uh, also doesn't happen a lot in captivity. In captivity, well, the the copulation happens quite a lot. Bottlenose dolphins in captivity are are very sexual, 
Um, they can, uh, they have been observed, uh, like masturbating with objects in pools and, uh, and, uh, trying to, uh, um, sexually harass uh, female trainers and others. Um, so it, it's, they, the, especially the males are very, uh, are showing off their their penis quite a lot and, and using quite a lot in captivity. The problem with uh, with reproduction in captivity is that it's it's the last part is the reproduction at the birth side of the of the end of the scale there, and and keeping uh, yeah, the uh, the animals um, the the babies alive. Um, with bottlenose dolphins and killer whales, this is something that is. Uh, pretty much under control um, even though nowadays there are uh, tendencies uh, to stop the breeding programs in captivity uh, but uh, other species are also uh, have also been uh, has also been studied and the work has been done for uh, for maintaining a uh, or stopping the inflow of uh, wild animals into delphinaria by um, interbreeding between different animals that are already in captivity. So it's the same that happens with others, with, with zoos. Um, the, uh, there are no more animals that are taken into, into captivity from the wild. Uh, this was at the beginning of the, of the phenomenon, zoological gardens. Um, the animals were taken in from the wild and then kept for a while, and then when they died, they could just get another one. Um, nowadays, uh, takes from the wild are minimized, at least in the Western world. And, uh, and this means that you have to rely on a reproduction program. We have to have stud books to make sure that there is no, um, uh, whether there is a certain genetic variety between uh, the partners that are going to be put into a reproductive situation. And uh, and also veterinary medicine, marine mammal veterinary medicine has uh, in has been evolving considerably, and uh, routinely uh, the animals would then be uh, uh, checked by ultrasound. So the pregnancy will be checked by ultrasound. So it's not only the uh, controlling of the of the two prospective parents, the genetic material, and their their uh, their um, how do you call it the um, 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 family tree that is checked but it's also like how the reproduction actually um, the the old pregnancy goes through and uh, and there are ways of assisting uh, a, a marine mammal to give birth and this is the other the other challenge here that the, the uh, giving birth for a for a whale is happens in the sea and um, and similarly for Cyrenians. Now, what I'm telling about about uh, cetaceans happens, of course, also with Cyrenians, uh, with the dugongs and the manatees who are always into the water, and they uh, uh, and they have to give birth into the water, so underwater, and the um, the calf is uh, actually a uh, uh, an air breathing mammal like like the adults, so they have to be coming up to the surface uh, to breathe and um, otherwise they drown and uh, at birth their fins are not uh, totally deployed and stiff and this is because they have to be uh, coming out of the birth canal 
It's like it's and, like a butterfly. Uh, it's all folded in in the beginning. Yeah, it's all folded in and everything, and it has to be stiffening, which happens in the first minutes uh, of of life. But especially at the beginning, it's important to take the first breath. And um, so the uh, the birth is usually uh, starting from the tail. So the tail is the first part that exits the body of the of the female, of the mother, and this is in order to minimize the uh, uh, chances that the that the uh, baby actually drowns uh, while it's being born, so it tries to breathe underwater. And once the um, once the baby is out, once the calf is out, then uh, either the mother or some other individuals, usually other females, actually help the uh, uh, the baby come up to the surface and to swim uh, up to the surface, and they actually take care that it actually gets some air and starts swimming. The, the babies actually do have the instinct of trying to swim uh, uh, and swim towards the, the surface, but uh, but their swimming is very inefficient. So now we know about the size of uh, of whale testicles and, and yes, uh, there are really I mean, interesting uh, behaviors, really weird from a from a human perspective. Yeah, from from the uh, from the male point of view, of course, the the males are. Um, um, the males are have, uh, sexual organs that are more visible, even though they are in, into the body of the of the whale. But, but they come out the when, they, when they need to be. Out. But they can be visible at times, so they are more often visible. If uh, one wants to go and and have a look at uh, a lot, a whole collection of also whale penises in Reykjavik, there is a penis museum that is world famous. Yeah, and, I've been there. <laughs> uh, you can also you can also observe the penis of a blue whale, which is uh, the largest penis that uh, possibly has ever existed. Uh, the penis of a blue whale, uh, the longest. Um, uh, and um, from the female point of view, is it's more difficult because um, the uh, uh, the organs are of course internal, and uh, it's difficult to see what the morphology. Is actually doing for the reproduction, the morphology of the uterus and the morphology of the vagina. And uh, a recent study has been looking at the uh, at the possibility of uh, the female to control for the female to control which male actually fertilizes the egg in the case that there are several males that actually copulate with her. And uh, and apparently in harbor porpoises the um, the uh, uterus is um, and and the vagina have different folds and sacs on the different sides and and there is a an asymmetry along the axis of the body of these folds and sacs and um, and this means that by uh, Moving and swimming more to one side or the other, uh, or the, with one side or the body down and um, or the other, a female might be able to facilitating the passing of the semen of of one of the partners, or or like use it as a prevention, or like not uh, not being um, not being fertilized by a partner that she's not uh, that she's not totally uh, satisfied with. But of course, we have no idea what the what the dolphins actually, what these porpoises actually think in in a reproductive situation, well, in any situation at all. So we do not, um, we cannot, um, 
we cannot know how this it's conjecture uh, at this point this strange morphology is used by the females all right marine mammal sex everything you ever wanted to know about this in this episode <laughs> at, least, at least a few windows over to <laughs> a interesting. very interesting theme so for those who want to dig a bit deeper and find out more um we will again have a bunch of links in the show notes so if you um if you look in your in your podcast client or if you look at curiouslypolar.com episode 24 you will find those links so you can go dig a bit deeper and um that was it for this week of curiously polar next week we are going to have a an interesting episode about salmon farming all right until then take care and stay cool stay cool chris (laughs) 